It's the Auburn Observer Podcast, the Monday morning edition. We're here a day earlier than we originally planned, but that's because it was a pretty significant weekend uh, in Auburn, uh, specifically involving the Auburn football program. Justin Ferguson here in Auburn, uh, weathering the storm like we were a little late recording this today because Dan and I were under fire from from a storm that was threatening our power, but it has calmed. Hopefully, we won't have any technical difficulties. I, I was so worried I was going to start recording and the power was just going to just immediately drop out or something and it'd make for a terrible podcast. So, I'm good. Dan's good as well. Dan as in Dan Peck from the Dan Peck Radio Network. The man with the golden voice also checking in from, from Auburn. Hello, Dan. Hello, Justin. Uh, hello to the Peck Pack, as always. Uh, yeah, exciting weekend and uh, some news and some stuff we don't normally talk about if you follow Auburn football or Auburn recruiting very often. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it. And as always on the ones and twos, coming to you from an undisclosed location, the man who makes it all run, Painter Sharpless. Painter, how are we doing? Hello, hello, hello. All right, boys. So uh, we talked about it on our last podcast, how this was shaping up to be a pretty significant Big Cat weekend, and lo and behold, it was. Auburn picking up two big commitments, both from wide receivers, both in-state guys as well. Um, and, again, there's a lot. We will get into kind of the big picture of all of this, but, man, a, a recruiting weekend that, I mean, Dan, I don't know. How far back do we have mm. to go to find a recruiting stretch like this for Auburn? Mm. Like a, like a mm. week. You talk about Wednesday with Demarcus Riddick, mm. Saturday uh, with uh, Perry Thompson, and also uh, Malcolm Simmons. I mean, what's what's the? No. It, I mean, it's tough to find a, a comparison with two two recruits like that in a week for Auburn football. I'm, I'm sure there have been cycles where the top two players are in the ballpark of two guys like like Riddick and Thompson, but. Mm. I, I mean, I can't imagine a scenario where, certainly in the summer, you know, Auburn's had two players like that commit to the program within days of each other. Maybe it happened towards, you know, the, the, a, a late flip or two near right. signing day uh, back in the day. But no, this is a th- this is a really impressive week. You understand, you know, with the disclaimer that these are commitments, right? They're not, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not a signing, uh, but. If if these commitments hold and they sound p- pretty firm at the moment, uh, this is a yeah it's a, it's a huge week uh, for Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff uh, to be able to sell the program like this before they've ever coached a game. I think that's the big thing too. This is before they coached a game. All right, 2019 Auburn gets commitments from Owen Papo and Bo Nix. Both of those guys composite five stars out of high school. You know, we had talked about with Demarcus Riddick being the first five-star Auburn had gotten since Owen Papo. You got to go before that. You got to go to 2014. Last time they were consensus five stars coming to Auburn, uh, a pair in the same class. That was Rock Thomas and Trey Williams. Also, Duke Williams was a five-star from the JUCO ranks, which is very rare uh, in that class. But like, yeah, 2014. If you look back at 2014, Auburn was fresh off of going to the national title 
and they make that move and they get Rock Thomas and Trey Williams in the same class. These are two guys that they have gotten that are five stars. Like you said, they haven't coached a down of meaningful football yet. And as the recruiting cycle continues to get earlier and earlier, right? So, like, guys are wanting to make their decisions quicker. They're wanting to sign earlier. It makes sense that it's, you know, ahead of time. But this this significant, this far ahead of time, I think this is beyond what people expected, you know, when the, when the hire was made. We're using terms like historic and significant for people that aren't following it as closely. Like, can you boil down – what Perry Thompson seems to be and what Auburn is getting in, you know, as, as for, for folks who haven't seen him yet or have just heard the name yeah. kicked around. Yeah, so Perry Thompson, here's a, here's a straightforward example. Perry Thompson would be, if he signs with Auburn, would be only the second composite five-star receiver Auburn has ever signed out of high school. you got to go all the way back to 2002 – Ben Obamanu, shout out Selma as always. Ben Obamanu was the only other one. Now, Nate Craig Myers, I think if a, a healthy Nate Craig Myers in high school, if he wouldn't have had that injury that he had, he probably stays five stars. Obviously, Duke Williams was a five star coming out of junior college. I had thrown Tim Hawthorne's name out there. Tim Hawthorne was a top 50 player mm-hmm. nationally, but was not a five star. He was a high four. Uh, but yeah. he was, I believe. Tim is today the most recent, like top fifty, yeah, wide, uh, top fifty player Auburn has signed at that position. Kyle Davis was May- really close. Yeah, I think. Kyle and Nate Craig have you know had, had moments, but it, it has been a long time, and that's that's reflected in Auburn's production in the NFL right. at wide receiver as well. It's not just. I mean, Hugh Freeze is a believer. I was explaining this to some people last night. I think Hugh Freeze is a believer that. You don't teach a wide receiver how to be an NFL wide receiver. No. Like a lot, often, maybe there are rare examples, but often you're finding guys who have the foundation to play at that level. Like they, they, you can yeah. tell Antonio when they're in high Brown school. Antonio Brown was a rare case, right? Like, a, yeah, lot of your, a lot of your elite receivers in the NFL were elite receivers in college. And the vast majority of them were really good coming out of high school. Exactly. And, and so I think Hugh Freeze understands you need to be winning recruiting battles all over the field, but especially if you got a shot at someone like Perry Thompson, even if Auburn doesn't necessarily have a history of signing players from Foley or yep. top-tier wide receivers coming out of high school. And it's a flip from Alabama, right? You know, that's a, we talked about how Demarcus Riddick flipping him from Georgia and getting him over Alabama was a big deal. Perry Thompson, the rare Alabama to Auburn flip. There hasn't been very many of them. Um, Auburn's got another one on their roster. Uh, probably the only real win, uh, real good recruiting win that the previous staff had was Robert Woodyard Jr. flipping from Alabama to Auburn uh, late in that cycle. But yeah, I mean, you look at, at Perry Thompson and he is a he is a really gifted athlete um not just a wide receiver right so he played defensive back played some safety uh at foley he's a kick returner he's a punt returner for them he's also a great track guy and i wrote this in my breakdown of uh, of perry thompson where there's a lot of film on him as well same thing i did with demarcus Riddick. you can check that out uh the observer put that up this weekend when he committed um you you, you immediately go 
Oh, elite five-star wide receiver from Foley. Unless you're very, very young or haven't been following college football very long, the alarm bell should be going off in your head that, oh, yeah, where have I heard that before? Julio Jones. Now, Julio. Kia Kia dealership owner, uh, Julio Jones. Noted noted, noted Kia man, uh, uh, Julio Jones. I believe the top two dealerships in the southeast are – Kia of Auburn here in town and Julio Jones's Kia dealership, and they battle for like the top spot on a the rivalry on a, on, never stops on a, on a regular basis. I believe there is a a heated rivalry between those two dealerships. Shout out Kia of Auburn for always putting their Christmas lights up in like I like I would say Halloween, but it kind of feels like they do it in like you know the end of September. <laughs> like Drive, it's incredible. Drive sponsor Kia of Auburn, so I'll also shout them out, and we can move on. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, Perry Thompson, the thing with Perry and Julio, it's really interesting. Like Julio, obviously an elite receiver. He was a top five recruit coming out of high school. Um, just this phenomenal athlete that goes on to Alabama, has a great career, and then ends up you know, just becoming one of the best receivers of the 2010s in the NFL. Multi-time All-Pro. You know, I think he's like a seven-time Pro Bowl or something like that. Dare, I, dare I say future Hall of Famer? Should be. Yeah. Should be. Yeah, I, mean, I would think. I'm team Fred Taylor too, and a brief, you know, brief NFL Hall of Fame, you know, sort of tangent there. Yeah. I think I think a lot of these uh, running backs and receivers from the, the you know, '95 to 2015 mm-hmm. sort of, you know, before offense exploded. Yeah, I think they're in danger of getting overlooked. But some of these guys were sensational, and I and I would say Julio Jones and and it, both both of them didn't necessarily play for Marquee franchise. No offense to the Falcons, <gasps> but I feel like there are. If Julio Jones has his, if Julio Jones has the same career, but he's a New York Giant. Oh man, there's no question he's a yeah. Hall of Famer, right? But I mean, we talked about we talked about like David Tyree and Victor yeah. Cruz, and they if, had like like brief glimpses of fame. If, if Fred Taylor had his career for the Chicago Bears, right? I feel like he's already oh, yeah. in the Hall of Fame, and yeah. and I think it's the same thing 100%. where there's a there's a bias against these newer franchises. Can you but, imagine if Julio would have played for the Cowboys? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, yeah. he would already I, be like Michael Irvin. No, like, I, I think I think Julio Jones. I think Julio Jones belongs in, and I think people who saw him at his best oh, would yeah. would argue that he he belongs in. So the thing with Julio is Julio coming out of high school was about was was about what he was in in the pros six three about two twenty two twenty five. It was a freak show. Perry Thompson currently listed at 247 at 63202, so just north of 200. So we've got the size, the height of a Julio, not as not as bulky. Now, what he does with that is that he's quick, really, really quick. I looked this up the, uh, when I was writing that story. Julio Jones is fastest. He was he was a great track athlete at Foley. He was the Alabama um, track track athlete of the year uh, when he was a senior. Won multiple state titles in the jumps. The jumping disciplines. Uh, I think he won in all three of the ones I can think. If there, are there more than three jumps? I, I saw long, high, and triple. Like I think that's oh. it, right? So wait, so not hop and skip. Hop, skip, not and jump. <laughs> yeah, I thought those are the three jumps. Uh, but Julio also ran. Obviously, as a sprinter, he was his fastest hundred was eleven point one eight for a guy that size. That's moving. Foley at Foley Thompson's best track tra- time, his fastest verified time. Is ten point nine four. When you get anywhere under eleven, you're. I mean, this is speed. This is nuts kind of speed. At under eleven, he's got that. He also 
uh, ran, I, th- I think it was at Alabama, uh, some sort of event. He ran a 4-4-5 hand time 40. So moving, moving at 6-3. Great athlete. And I think that's the thing that hops out to, to me first and foremost is we've talked about this, Dan and Panter. Like we've talked about how Auburn's need, the biggest thing holding them back from reaching the competitive levels on a consistent basis of the Alabamas and Georgias. But not only that, the heights that we've seen LSU operate at, the heights we have seen, you know, obviously other teams like Clemson, Ohio State, and others. To get in that top tier or two, Michigan's another good example, to get in that top tier or two of college football, the big thing that separated Auburn statistically from those teams in the past decade or so is explosive passing games. They just don't have the fireworks through the air that these other teams have. Perry Thompson's a guy that you can immediately see, okay, he's big and can stretch the field. You know, He can do all the possession receiver stuff, go up and get it, great catch radius, physical guy. But the speed is really, really big for him. And when you when you look at him, he's he's a big play machine. Twelve yards of catch last year at Foley. He had a, he scored a touchdown. Uh, he had eleven touchdowns on eighty seven catches. That's twelve. It's almost thirteen percent of the time he caught the ball. He scored with it. Like that's the type of big play stuff that we saw at Ole Miss is what got Hugh Freeze's offense going. Getting guys like uh, Laquan Treadwell and Dante Moncrief. And you know, eventually later on, they you know to get to, didn't get to benefit the fruits of their of their labor as we talked about last time. Dan, AJ Brown, DK Matt, Metcalf, that that range as well. That's what. But he had the he had the wherewithal to sign both of those guys right, coming exactly. out of, coming out of high school. Rec- he's got a track record. He's got a track. Yeah. He's got a track record with that. And then you look at Philip Montgomery as well. Philip Montgomery at Baylor, he had an offense at Baylor where he had two thousand yard receivers in the same offense. And Corey Coleman, I mean, there was a stretch where I thought Corey Coleman was going to tear the league in half. Um, obviously, it didn't work out. That Baylor stuff was a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of scheming and 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 you know, a lot of uh, you know Bryce Petty the same way. Bryce Petty would put up just bonkers numbers. It's like, eh, well, might not is, translate is, perfectly to the NFL. Is that a testament to the coaches though? Like yes. As, I mean, yes. as well, I yep. think to see to see that the they've been able to do it at such a high level. I mean, Robert Griffin had a outstanding rookie year until the brain trust with the uh, Washington football team put him out there on one leg mm. in a playoff game but other than that we haven't seen a ton of Baylor moving on to that at, at skill positions you know we've seen guys have great seasons at Baylor in college hasn't necessarily translated to the NFL level with yeah. a ton of them which yeah, I, people which are I, still waiting for Denzel Mims to go crazy and yeah and, later and on. I would think I would think that's a uh I'm still waiting for. Uh, is it Lake Seastrunk? Was that the, <laughs> the super, superstar running back? That's you know, the. That's the. Is it the? It's Michael Dyer, Lake Seastrunk, and Bryce Brown all in the same running back I class. Believe, see, did, was, it right? C, was it Seastrunk or Brown that ended up at Baylor? I want to say Seastrunk. Seastrunk was Baylor. Yeah, Brown was Tennessee, then Kansas State, and, I think. And and I think Seastrunk was pretty good in one of those video games that they oh, that yeah. they did. I'm thinking they, they remembered that Lake Seastroke was a superstar running back. But no, so Baylor was able to do it. Yeah, Philip Montgomery and company were able to have high-level offenses in the Big 12 without necessarily sending guys to long, prosperous NFL careers or having the talent on the team that indicates. So, so I think there's credit to those guys. Hugh Freeze was bringing in I don't know the the comparison for a superstar receiver. It's like having a number one ace pitcher, mm-hmm. right? Or it's like having. I mean, I I don't know. It's it's like having one of those 
number one consensus number one overall forwards in yeah. basketball. Like that that's and, what and a number Auburn one hasn't had those guys. It immediately changes the fortunes potentially. And the impact Julio Jones had on the Nick Saban era. Got him started. I think it's it's an he's one of the most important players to sign and play for Nick Saban because of yeah, what he represented when he signed there and what he ended up meaning for that program. Perry Thompson has the chance, and I think he talked about this, yeah, you know, in, in like the chance to be the first in a long line of Auburn receivers that play for Hugh Freeze and have great careers and move on to the NFL level. And I I totally understand why a receiver would choose to play for a program that has a track record of sending guys to the NFL. Like if you're a receiver mm-hmm. and you can go to Alabama or LSU or Ohio State or Georgia, like I understand why you take that opportunity. But I also understand why you would want to be something of a trailblazer at a place that feels right. And it seems like for Perry Thompson, that's what he's doing. By the way, slight correction and an opportunity to remember some guys. Bryce Brown was in the 09 class. Michael Dyer was in the 10 class. Here, here's some. Here's a walk down memory lane. The three five-star running backs in 09, according to the 247 Sports Composite, were Bryce Brown, Trent Richardson, and here's a, here's a blast from the press. Do you remember Christine Michael? Texas A&M running back. A- A&M, yeah, the the sort of undersized A&M back, or am I mm-hmm. thinking of a different yep. guy? Okay, yeah. And then uh, the 2010 uh, running back class, uh, it was Dyer and Seastrunk were one and two. Number three that year, do you remember this guy, Dan? Storm Johnson ended up playing at Miami. Ooh, Miami Hurricanes, of course. Storm with the Hurricanes. It's one of the perfect – you know, that's, that's a perfect fit, just like how – Sight unseen, I wanted to coldest Crawford, Crawford yeah. to transfer to Auburn. I believe he's at is did he did he leave Nebraska and he go to him. is he I, at Louisiana? I think he's still did Louisiana. he jump did, did he jump into the Sun Belt and, and is he playing I, I want to say he might be a, a a Cajun, but he is Louisiana Tech. Oh, he's at Tech. Okay, so I was I was in the ballpark. But I mean, between his name being DeColdest and Hugh Freeze now being the coach at Auburn, I yeah. thought it was just—I thought it was just perfect for him to move on uh, to, uh, to to Auburn. And they were taking receivers in the portal, so I was like, well, maybe there's a chance. But uh, no, it may, alas, not this year for DeColdest and, uh, and and Auburn. By the way, more 2010 running backs in a in a remember some guys segment. Yeah, uh, okay. Silas Red. From Penn, at Penn State, the, who tra- transferred to SC, I believe, amid the amid the Penn State, he he was the he might have been the only player on the Penn State team who used the offer of immediate eligibility to transfer. Because after the Penn State scandal, the entire team they, they was did given the whole the rally around Bill O'Brien thing, but, yeah, right. But but the but the NCAA, as part of the penalty, I believe, offered the entire team the option to transfer without losing any eligibility. Mm-hmm. And Silas Red, I think, was the only player to take. Cam Martin came to Auburn. It was, oh, similar was Cam situa- Martin? Yeah, no, okay, it, yeah, similar, situ- similar yeah. situation at Baylor. But, but yes, yeah, so using the Penn State immediate eligibility, yeah, Silas Red ends up uh, transferring to SC, and he's uh, uh, he, he's there with the, I think, the Kiffin uh-huh. teams. He's playing playing with Matt Barkley, yeah. yeah. Giovanni Bernard, UNC, also in that class. Way down. This dude, all right, this is funny. 
the number 21 running back in, in the class of 2010 was Carlos Hyde. <laughs> like, okay. Ohio State got a steal that year <laughs> with, with Carlos Hyde. Uh, I, I, lo- Trey I Burton, love that. Trey Burton was a three-star running back uh, wow. with Florida uh, in that class. So Who, some, some, future, some, fun, some fun walks down memory lane here. Future Super Bowl uh, the passer, right, yeah. through the, through the, yes, uh, through the yes. touchdown. Uh, UCLA, by the way, Dan, your UCLA Bruins had two four-star running backs that year. Jordan James and Malcolm Jones. Did either of them pan out? I want to say this is the class of 2010. 10? Yeah. There was – so that would have been Neuheisel, who I saw at Media Days a couple of times. And, uh, CBS and, and, legend. Rick yeah, saw, saw, saw Coach Neuheisel uh, a couple of times. And – you know, I want to say uh, Jones and James were part of the the some of the Hundley mm. teams because uh, they rotated running backs in uh, in in that backfield. Uh, you know, with with a couple of guys, but that was that would have been Mora a little bit later on. But they might have still been around after a couple of years. Guys stuck around more often before you could uh, keep your eligibility and, and transfer. So, so I want to say at least one of them made an impact, but that's largely a guess. Back to Perry Thompson, uh, the. The thing that you mentioned there, Dan, was like, this is a guy who has said now on the record, like, hey, I, I could go to Alabama, but why not kind of try to create something new at at, um, at Auburn? And I think that's an appeal that I think they're going to be able to play early on for sure um, and try to get these dudes on board. DeMarcus Riddick, I think, is the same way. DeMarcus Riddick knows, especially as a linebacker, you could go to Georgia and you could go to Alabama – and you can probably, if it works out there for you, you're going to be a pretty good NFL draft pick. You're going to play on some awesome teams and, and move forward there. The amount of attention and the amount of, um, I don't know, the amount of hype and the amount of buzz and the amount of, I guess, kind of, hey, man, like we really find you to be, you would be a really, really special player for us. It appeals to some people. We've talked about this in the past as well. Derrick Brown picked Auburn over Georgia because he liked the vibes better at Auburn than he did at Georgia. Carrion Johnson picked Auburn because he felt more comfortable. It, that appeals to certain guys, even elite players. Sometimes elite players just vibe with Auburn, and we can talk about, oh, the Auburn family and all that, and, and we, we, Painter, we've poked fun about this plenty of times. Later, but, like, there is a different vibe that you can get from Auburn, especially knowing this is not an Auburn team that's winning strings of championships right now. And so – you can use that chip, and and this staff is not afraid to use it, and I think that's a smart thing. Yeah, I don't want to downplay the Auburn of it because being able to get players to campus and then use the the many things Auburn has to offer as yeah. you know as as part of the sales pitch. I, I think you can't you can't overstate the impact of that. But I don't want to undersell what Hugh Freeze brings to this right i mean because i think you i mean the the impact this guy is having like I, you think back to his story right you go back to the michael Ower days like this guy has been boots on the ground seeing what the best coaches in college football have to say when they come to recruit his players and when he you know goes and and meets with whoever along the way the way he's worked his way up from that and at Ole Miss, right, he was able to recruit. He was able to recruit at, a, at an incredible level for, for Ole Miss. But there were probably players that 
despite Hugh Freeze's best efforts, weren't going to choose Ole Miss because of factors sort of out of his control. They could go to a program that just simply had more. And what he's doing now, it's, I mean, th- this guy is a, like the, the impact Hugh Freeze is having on recruiting is, it just, it's a, it's eye-opening because I had my doubts about whether or not he'd be able to, whether or not he'd be able to produce like this in the first few months of his Auburn career. And here we are talking about Auburn signing the kind of players they've never signed before, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the positional value here with, with Perry Thompson is, is through the roof because you don't have very many elite wider. Not, not every elite player immediately pans out, but like you were saying earlier, Dan, like, Freeze has a track record of like, hey, we got to get the dudes and then, you know, we'll, we'll put them in our system. And I think the thing with Perry Thompson, the thing that stands out to me, he's, he's really fast for his size, can play physically. Um, I think he's got more room, obviously, that add weight and bulk to his, um, you know, to his to his frame and like get a little bit closer to Julio's size, I think is possible. He's not the most polished route runner in the world. Like when you watch his highlights at Foley, it's a lot of running past people and and not as much like cutting past around and do that. Like he uses his physicality and his gifts really, really well. And I think, you know, to your point, like you can get a really gifted route runner out of high school. I think Caleb Burton, that's his strong suit, um, you know, as a as a receiver. But like sometimes if you're just bigger and faster than everybody else, like. I can be bigger and faster than everybody else, and then I'll learn all the other stuff later on that will help me kind of continue to kind of progress and move forward. So it's it's the right kind of – like you don't want to have a dude necessarily to be your number one receiver that's like, yeah, you know, he might have he might have some of the, the, the intangibles or, you know, he might have some of the, the route running and stuff like that, but, you know, we'd love to get him faster. We'd love to get him stronger. And it's like you, you can do some of that, but, like, sometimes it's just you got to use what God gave you. And, and, you know, and, and Perry Thompson does that. I would look at the positions the NFL draft values the most and sort of think like those are the positions that college coaches are looking at the high school ranks and where, where do we absolutely need to get the best of the best? Like where do we need it the most? Tackle, quarterback. Edge rusher. Edge rusher, corner, you know, mm-hmm. outside, now, yeah. now maybe inside, and receiver. Like, the, you yeah. know, those, those, are, those are the spots that, that are taking up more and more of the first round of the NFL draft and especially the first 10, 12 picks, they're a big share of the five stars mm-hmm. that we're going to see, you know, play those positions. And, it, you know, it looks like Auburn has played their way into maybe landing two of them uh, just in the, uh, in, in the last week based on their commitments. Uh, also, real quick, while, uh, while we're on this topic, Auburn flipping a, a guy from Alabama, flipping a guy from Georgia, doing it in a short amount of time. The momentum, the hype, the buzz around Auburn in recruiting is is as high as it's been in a while, in a, in a very long time. You got to go back, I think, to you know maybe the early days of the Malzahn era and, and the Chiswick era. You know when they started Big Cat Weekend and, and when a lot of that 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 hype really started going. Painter, I wanted to ask you this question because I know it's near and dear to your heart. How are you? How how much has it made your heart glow this weekend? Logging on to whatever we're calling this app now. And seeing the amount of people being like Auburn is cheating once again, 
Like it's been it's been a minute since 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 those 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 charges were levied by uh, some some mad members of of other fan bases. I suppose it's a little surprising too. You know, some people did it ironically. Some people understand that this is the nature of recruiting. It, it generally, I think, always has been on some level, but now it's certainly much more in the open. And I think just generally, public sentiment is in favor of it. But the people that are actually upset about it, and and it seemed at least the ones in my little orbit that I noticed it coming from the most were Auburn's biggest rivals, which have really no reason to be upset. I mean, they're they're doing fine, but uh, there's still no. Pablo pointed out they're still number one and two in recruiting for next year. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's I, if it's like a, just assuming a defensive stance naturally, like what it is about. Just being like, well, that's kind of a bummer, you know, instead of like trashing the player and being like, well, he he doesn't want to compete. Like, well, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it it is funny because like the day before Auburn flipped Demarcus Riddick from from Georgia, they got the commitment from Justin Williams from Texas, who is by some services the number one linebacker in in America. Like, they're going to be fine, y'all. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's the, the novelty of it. And I think. Like there's there's people who are, I don't know. I think they were getting used to Auburn just not having their ducks in a row for a while. Well, so I'll, and I'll you know I haven't seen I haven't seen too much of this, but I insulate myself by just following TCM only on social media. Uh, but Glenn Gary Glenn Ross was on uh, Saturday night. By the way, see it if you've uh, if you've never seen it before. Uh, but the uh, uh, so I would think if you believe that it's cheating for a guy to be promised a large sum of money by an NIL group as long as he picks a certain school. And if you believe that's happening across college football, I suppose you can think like, oh, yeah, well, here here comes old cheating Auburn. I don't know if that's – I mean, I don't know if it's happening, and I also don't know if it's cheating anymore. It like, that's the thing, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean it's right, not. I I think it's something I'd you know I'd prefer sort of endorsements and inducements to be separate things. Yes. Um. And and it's a bummer. I feel like it's a bummer when nil gets you know bleed nil talk bleeds into recruiting because I don't want to ignore it, but we also can only talk about rumor and innuendo as far as how large right. the role it played in any of these because it's not like these kids are coming out and saying hey they offer me x amount of money here the you know what what you can do in recruiting and what people who cover recruiting like all the fine folks who do cover recruiting Auburn can tell you is like hey here's where here are the here are the attributes that are lining up with them here's the timing why this makes sense that makes sense and like that stuff still works but yeah, NIL plays a part. Of course it does. I mean, NIL played a part in Auburn getting all these transfers that came in this year, and you just didn't hear about it as much because it wasn't as big of a deal at the time. I, I think that if NI, if if Auburn's NIL situation was in disarray, the last few months would have been very different. And that's not to There's take no credit. There's no shot they get the last yeah. week. Yeah. No yeah. shot. That, and I don't, I don't want to take credit away from anyone when I say that, but it does feel like Auburn – being well positioned in the NIL space at the moment has played a role in, yeah, landing some of the players who had other options uh, during the yeah. transfer portal windows and landing some of these players in the class of 2024. Yeah, and I, I want and, and I want to be clear here when I say what I'm about to say because 
I don't want to make it sound like I'm downplaying the staff, but you know, a lot of it is like freeze and everybody's pointing to freeze and the hires you've made in the staff. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's freeze more than what necessarily freeze represents. And what freeze represents is somebody who knows what recruiting means and how much it matters. Right. Yes. It's you freeze for this, this staff, but the last coaching staff you had, the last head coach did not care about this at all. Auburn has been capable of this, especially now in the NIL era. They just needed everybody to get on the same page really. And the fact that they have a new president and a new AD and the NIL group is get has has sorted out its early problems and there's a new head coach. It's just there is greater buy-in. There is greater excitement, right? And like, yeah, Hugh Freeze has a track record and a history of doing excellently in recruiting. But also, like, I think this week reminded me of like, yeah, Auburn's capable of doing this. Now, it's been a minute since they've done this, but they were doing some of this in the Malzahn era too and definitely in the Chiswick era. And it's it, it's just been a it's just been a minute since it came back. It just shows you just how dadgum weird these last few years have been <laughs> that Auburn wasn't able to do any of this. So that uh, the Perry Thompson commitment wasn't the only one at Big Cat Weekend, yep. right? And that's that wasn't like the only a... receiver. Wasn't the only in-state receiver that Auburn got. Yeah, let's shout out. Uh, let's shout out the other one because Thompson's going to get all the headlines, and and of course, I mean five-star receiver here. But do not sleep on Malcolm Simmons. Uh, from right down the road at Benjamin Russell, he makes his commitment. He's a four-star composite player, plays on both sides of the ball at uh, at Ben Russell. By the way, saw Ben Russell at the uh, Media Days event. I was at the High School Media Days event. They look – their uniforms, they look like Mississippi State. They have, they have gone full Adidas rebrand. They look just like Mississippi State. It's a cool look for them for sure. Uh, the thing about Malcolm Simmons, man, Jets, fast. I mean, this guy is a – has got a ton of blazing speed, great athlete uh, for sure, um, and it looks like Auburn is looking at him more as you know wide receiver. Um, his he's played both sides of the ball. You know, I know Jason Caldwell has kind of talked about him and, and written about him about like, hey, once Simmons focuses in on just being a receiver, you could see that stock kind of go uh, higher and higher. Um, but you know he. Has a great, uh, great athletic background uh, with his speed. Great jumper. He's got that explosiveness. You like that? Um, not a, not a fully finished product at receiver yet for sure. But another one of those dudes where it's like great athleticism. All right, let's mold you into into what you can be as a receiver. And I think that's that's a really good uh, sign uh, for him. Um, that you know he's like Perry Thompson in the fact where. Is Perry more polished at this point in his career and a five star, but these great athletes that they feel like, hey, we can plug them into what we do on offense and turn them into you know even better players. Uh, he's a four star prospect in the composite. Bryce Kane, another guy who was here this weekend who had been committed to Auburn, another dude, great Jets. This athletic, these athletic gifts, you really really like it, and you would trust, I think, the track record of both Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery. You trust that track record for them of producing and developing these receivers at the next level and and these high high efficiency super explosive offenses that you know these are the guys you want to kind of line up. So you would love a Perry Thompson, you would love a Cam Coleman, obviously as as well if you could make that magic happen. Um, but you needed to get one of those two. But then I, I think in the case of Simmons and Bryce Kane, these are two guys that are athletic, under-the-radar dudes that Auburn kind of hopped on before any other powerhouse programs did because they think 
that they've got what it takes to be difference makers down the road for you. Uh, and, and you need them to round it out. It can't just be the elite five-star guys. You're not going to get a ton of them every year, not Ohio State. Um, but you get one, and then you get some other guys that really fit what you do and are in your backyard. I know Bry- Bryce Kane's from Baker uh, down in Mobile, but um, a guy from Benjamin Russell. You get a guy from Benjamin Russell, you get a guy from Tuskegee here recently, four-star guys that it's like get the dudes that are, are you know around and close to home as much as you can. You know, we, we should have started the show with the the biggest news of the weekend, speaking of the, wrapping things up on Perry Thompson, and also talking about your point regarding Auburn signing future five stars. The video that 24-7 Sports shared <laughs> on their Twitter account of uh, a, a screenshot of Perry Thompson screen rec- making a screen, the screen recording. from yeah. from From our buddy Christian Clemente, it's hey the commitment immediately happens and then on christian's phone it pops down the 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 mail app it says hey you've got a new email from the observer here's the perry thompson breakdown so folks we've within, we're expanding our range within seconds of perry thompson putting on his hat in the video you see the notification from gmail that the auburn observer has a breakdown of Perry Thompson and what it what he brings to uh, to I thought it was phenomenal timing. Uh, shout out to everybody at twenty four seven. By the way, they're all, they're all great folks as far as I can tell. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's it was cool. It was cool that that uh, the the Auburn Observer got a little little bit of extra shine there from uh, uh, from from that video being being shared. And I, I suspect that video will, will will be viewed quite a bit. Yeah, and and you know has been already and and will continue to be as it's. Uh, yeah, a pr- pretty big moment for the program. Yeah, shout out to Christian and the gang over there for sure. Uh, we we appreciate the love, even do we know, even if it's inadvertent sometimes. Do do we know who was filming the original? That the original is a video? Mike O'Reilly Ducker live stream, I believe. It's a Mike O'Reilly Ducker joint. Yes, I believe that was right. And then the videos of them actually flipping into the pool was pretty funny. And then, of course, Freeze getting <laughs> getting like thrown in like like he was like like uh, like like you know they were they were trying to get rid of him was was pretty funny. That was like the the somebody had the, the had the full like screen grab of him, and it's like it looks like he's about to get launched. <laughs> that was a pretty funny one. I went to a um, uh, I went to a family wedding earlier this year with some folks, and well the some of the cousins I saw are in fact uh, from uh, Bellevue, uh, Nebraska. Oh wow! Like they they live. Yeah, that's right. And went to the same high school as as Micah Riley Ducker. So Micah Micah's got some folks rooting for him in the uh, in in the Peck Pack to uh, to succeed here as as an Auburn player moving forward. It was good good to know that he's also a filmmaker yes. apparently as he uh, or document <laughs> documentarian as he uh, apparently yeah had that had that video of. Of, did we mention Hugh Freeze goes in the pool? Yeah, at the end of the video because that's a that's an important just part of this him, too. Just launch him in there. <laughs> um, Dan just gave a promo for the Observer, so we're just gonna spin it off into that. Hey, if you like our stuff and want more of it, and sometimes get things like like nearly two thousand word breakdowns of Auburn recruits like the minute after they they commit. Um, I don't do that for everybody. Just just. Just the just the five stars. I'm 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 I am shallow in that regard. I need to start doing that more with other guys uh, as well. But you can check out AuburnObserver.com. Sign up at six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year to subscribe. I'm gonna tell you this, folks. Usually I'm on 
Uh, I told I said this in the premium pod. I'm gonna say this again here. Usually, I'm like, hey, sign up whenever. It's a great time to sign up. I want to be honest with you. We're gonna be running a special during fall camp. It's what we do all the time. We do a discount during fall camp season. Get people hyped up for the season. That starts later this week. We'll have a discount later this week. So if you've been on the fence and want to subscribe to the Observer, wait a few days. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Wait a few days. We'll make it worth your while later on uh, this week. So just wanted to tell everybody that. AuburnObserver.com, gift subscriptions, all that good stuff there as well. You can also help us out the show. Uh, help us out with the show for no money down by doing what, Painter? Rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars. A line or two goes a long way. We do appreciate it. It does go a long way. We, we do appreciate it a ton uh, if you can uh, give us some help. And uh, you know what? We're going to run it back. August, which starts in two days. The month of August. Give us a five-star review. Write something on, um, uh, you know, actually have a written-out review and five stars. And uh, the best ones, we'll pick. We'll pick more than one. We might pick two or three, maybe two. We'll see. We'll see how much uh, it strikes our fancy. Uh, the best ones for the month of August, we will give Homefield Apparel gift cards to. We we did this last year. It helped us out a lot. Got the numbers up. We're gonna do it again. So here we are, right here, all throughout the month of August. And and I'll say starting right now. Like if you throw throw it in, we're recording. This comes out on the thirty first of July. If you do something. The last week of July, we'll count it as well. But we'll run all the way through August. Our favorite five-star reviews, the winners, will pick out our favorites. More than one, you'll get a you'll get a home field gift card. We'll put we'll, we will make that we will make that solemn promise to you. Um, and by the way, home field apparel, homefieldapparel.com, the number one place to get vintage collegiate apparel, all your Auburn gear, all your other. Cool teams. They did a St. John's drop this past week that was Ooh. absolutely killer. Some of my Red favorite Storm. designs they've ever done were in the St. John's drop. You can also That's, get the that they're they're gonna they're gonna win some games pretty soon. Oh, for Patino, sure. The Patino. I, I've I've been angling for Patino to get a another shot in big time college basketball for a while. And yeah, I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna take an opportunity here at St. John's. Uh, you can also get the official Auburn Observer T-shirt at homefieldapparel.com. Just search. Auburn Observer when you go to home field and you can get it. It's the most comfortable blue t-shirt you're going to find anywhere with our logo on it. It's great. Subtle. Classy. Elegant. Homefieldapparel.com. 15% off your first order code. Uh, your first order when you use the promo code Observer when you check out. Get you some Auburn stuff gear up for the season. Get you some uh, Get you some home field uh, for other schools. Get the Observer t-shirt. I'm wearing uh, the one that came in for me this past week, the Oregon drop. I have an Oregon script, like baseball shirt right now that I'm I'm a big fan of. Homefield Apparel, jump on it. And if again, like I said, give us a five star review, say something nice, cool, witty, whatever in the comments. We'll pick our favorite ones over this next month, and uh, the winners will get Homefield gift cards. Sound good? Yeah, and and I, I don't know if I get a vote in the in the gift yeah, cards, you will. but I'm gonna. Oh, hey now. All right, so I I'll tell you what. Uh, watch watch one of these movies I randomly shout out during the show sometime, and, <laughs> and give a know, review re- <laughs> review of that. Yeah, throw a Glengarry Glen Ross review into our uh, in, into our comments. Yeah. Alec Baldwin, unforgettable in the first fifteen minutes. All right, folks, let's move on to the rest of the show. More Big Cat, more Big Cat to talk about because 
It's not just the guys who committed, the very big ones, of course, with Perry Thompson and Malcolm Simmons. Auburn had a big group of targets in for Big Cat, 24 kids, 25 kids, 26 kids, even a 27 kid and the boy king uh, from Thompson. Um, but uh, it, it was really interesting to see kind of where the vibes changed this week for a number of guys. And there's real momentum. You know, Auburn getting those those commitments, they make, they get, make a big, you know, get, come out with a bang there. They've got room to make some more noise here upcoming. And let's start with the biggest fish that's left on the board that Auburn's got a realistic shot at, and that is K.J. Bolden. Buford. If you have not seen, by the way, if you have not seen the Buford High School lineup this year, what they've got, it's, it's pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb. Um, Dylan Riola, the number one player in the country quarterback, he transferred from California. He committed to Georgia. Transferred from uh, transferred from his high school, I believe he's a California kid, um, to Buford. He's the number one player in the state. The number three player in the state is K.J. Bolden. He's at Buford. The number five player in the state, also at Buford. So that's a school that has three five stars in it this year. Um, it's going to be crazy to watch them play. But K.J. Bolden came for Big Cat Weekend this past weekend. Um and number one safety in the country, um, top he's number seven overall in the two four seven composite. Uh, he is going to make his his commitment. He's going to make his announcement this upcoming Saturday. Big commitment there. Reading between the lines with some folks, Florida State's been a high, um, a highly valued uh, target here. They look like they've been a. a Maybe not a clear leader, but one of the top contenders, the one that's gotten a lot of buzz. Georgia cannot be counted out. Ohio State can't be counted out. A lot of people had it with Georgia um, there. So, like, Georgia, Florida State, but Auburn making a move this weekend. This is from our friend, Christian Clemente. Uh, I'm just going to read the tweet here. You can read the whole story over on uh, over on uh, Auburn Undercover. He said, five-star DBKJ Bolden will commit next Saturday but he just about pulled the trigger during Big Cat Weekend. Quote, the way that Coach Freeze just gave me that great talk in the office, he definitely almost had me commit today. So Auburn's going to have a chance. They're going to be in the fight. It would be interesting to see if they were able to pull it off. But, I mean, three five-stars in one class is definitely possible. And also three five-stars in one class before they even play a down is the other thing. Whatever Auburn's doing, whatever the staff is telling these guys, it's working. It is It is 100% working. And I'll make this point as well. I'll make, the, I'll make this point, point as well. We have talked about how well Cadillac Williams is recruited, just constantly bringing in a blue chip running back each class, developing them, turning them loose. The cycle continues. Marcus Davis, man, this is he's entering his third year as, a, as an on-field assistant coach. He's younger than me and Painter. He's you know, we covered him <laughs> in college. Like he is, you know, he's not that far removed from his playing career. He has pulled off now three um, wide receivers in this class, including the flip of Perry Thompson, and then now in the defensive back room, Zach Etheridge, and now of course Crime Dog plays a big part in it as well. But Zach Etheridge had a huge class this past year. Uh, 
when he got retained. Big signing class for Auburn. Some big name flips there. And now he's the primary recruiter in this running for K.J. Bolden. Something about these dudes who have played here before are, are doing some excellent work on the recruiting trail. All right, so a couple of things. So so on the, on the Buford front, uh, I think that Hugh Freeze building a pipeline because it's not just about the class of 24 with Buford. They've got guys in 25 and 26 that project as future superstar prospects. And that's a program that has it rolling to a degree where you can just imagine there are players that maybe aren't on the radar right now that, that are going to be mm-hmm. sought after by SEC programs. So Auburn making the inroads it has right now to Buford is a uh, – I mean, that, that's a really positive step for the coaching staff. And I'm glad you mentioned some of the assistants. Cadillac, uh, Zach Etheridge, both having uh, yeah huge off-seasons, like you said. Uh, I hear Jake Thornton's mm-hmm. name a lot. You know, he was, he was very involved in the Riddick – uh, commitment. And he Joe, was one of the first Joe coaches. Phillips. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, so that, that's that's a guy who it sounds like has been uh, re- really, uh, you know, really finding success as well in his in his first off season as a recruiter. And I bumped into one of the new receivers, one of the new transfer receivers over the weekend, and chatted with him a little bit about Marcus Davis. And it's a huge reason why guys are coming to play here mm-hmm. at that position. So yeah, Marcus is. Marcus is off to a great start. Uh, w- would point out also the thing with KJ Bolton. KJ Bolton released, a, I think it was like a top 10 or a top 12 not too long ago. Maybe, or I say not too long, last year, several months ago. In this cycle, in this recruiting cycle, Auburn was not on it. And now when he makes his commitment here this Saturday, Auburn's got a shot. Auburn's got a real shot at landing him. Again, the work that this staff has done, they get it, they understand it. And whatever money. NIL, they've had to line up behind them, and whatever support they've had to had to, you know, gin up. On top of just the the appeal of just like, hey, come here and help do something. about you think about at Ole Miss those recruiting classes early on with Freeze and how they changed immediately, quickly what happened uh, in Oxford. They're trying to do a similar thing here at Auburn, and the thing with Auburn though is that they've had the history and the resources to compete for a championship, unlike Ole Miss has. And it's like that. It, it's a good sales pitch. Whatever they're doing is is working. And again, we thought for the longest time, and I still kind of do to a degree. But I'm 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 looking. This is looking a lot less solid after the week Auburn just had. A good chunk of Auburn's recruiting class, like it wouldn't be surprised if guys were going to be in wait and see mode with them and say, okay, well, let's see what this looks like on the field first. Nope, you've already got two five stars for you. You even did that, and a lot of high four stars as well. And I do wonder how much of Hugh Freeze's sales pitch to offensive players, especially receivers, how much of it is tied to look at my Ole Miss teams and what they were able to do offensively. Look at Philip Montgomery's because, offenses at, at, yeah. at and Tulsa. He had he had a couple of offenses at Tulsa that broke records. We, we were we were browsing some of the Ole Miss seasons that Hugh Freeze had, and I mean routinely he would have a receiver above 900 yards on the season, which, which is something I don't think you've said about Auburn over the last, you know, to, to routinely have a guy. And, and that's that's easier to do when you have receive, when you have quarterbacks throwing for, I mean, the, the number of yards that some of those Hugh Freeze teams. Sammy Coates was the last 900-yard receiver at Auburn. 
and then you, you yeah, I mean, just just pulling up. I feel like nine fifty to a thousand was about an average season for an Ole Miss. Dar- Ole Miss is number one. Darvin Adams back to back came close to thousand yard seasons yeah. in oh nine and ten, and like that's really the last time you've had and, that. And there's and there's nothing magical about a thousand yards, right? Like, I mean, if you have a bunch of guys going for nine fifty every yeah. year, like you'll probably you'll be take okay, you'll take but, five dudes who are seven eight hundred yards. Yeah. But but Auburn hasn't had that either, right. right? And I think I think when you look at passing off, like when you look at just passing yards per game, right? Like the the average Auburn season over the last ten or twenty years, and compare that to especially Hugh Freeze's best seasons mm-hmm. at Ole Miss, it's pretty drastic. And so if if Hugh Freeze can fulfill that promise on the field of a more explosive, more consistent passing attack, that's unlike anything Auburn's seen for most of. Even its even its best teams, yeah. Uh, you know, you you had I mean, aside from its absolute best teams, you know that that's something Auburn struggled with. Um, another name to keep an eye on here moving forward is a guy that we talked about not too long ago uh, on the offensive line. Another Big Cat visitor, DeAndre Carter, number one interior lineman in the country by two four seven, uh, top one hundred player uh, in the composite. Uh, down between Auburn, Michigan State, and Texas, Auburn. F- Looks like Auburn is uh, has got the lead now for him in terms of his commitment. Um, uh, <laughs> as we were recording this, by the way, I just saw this. As we were recording this episode, Jason Caldwell put in a crystal ball for him, um, and uh, uh, an- another national two four seven guy's got DeAndre Carter uh, coming to Auburn six four three forty, a large young man that plays at Matter Day High School in California. If you don't know Matter Day. Um, They've had a great track record with elite players over the years. A um, lot of lot of great uh, prospects come come out of Matter Day. I believe that is uh, see Matter Day High School was I think that's Matt Barkley. Um, I think I think Matt Barkley was a Matter Day kid. There's a number of those, but um, uh, I mean you, yeah, Matt Barkley, uh, Colt Brennan played there. JT Daniels played there. Um, I'm looking at a list of, yeah, they've had they've had some big name dudes, Matt Leinart, a lot of quarterbacks, but they have been able to kind of round it out over the years. And it's just you look at you look at the uh, the St. Browns played there, Bryce Young played there. Um, you know, if you're starting at a school like that as a as a as a junior on the offensive line, that ought to get your attention. And so we talked about Auburn's need to get big time offensive line prospects. And develop them and continue them moving forward. DeAndre Carter's their best shot, looking like right now at a top tier offensive lineman in this class. Um, there's some other ones that they really like. Reese Baker from Madison Academy was was another one, uh, three star guy. But keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on DeAndre Carter for sure um, because that he seems like one that could be popping to Auburn sometime in the near future. That's um that's Orange County. Yeah, uh, San, San, that's Santa Ana. Like that's that's not too. I mean, it's not too far from. Like Disney and the Angels Ballpark, uh, I think there's a racetrack. Like I think that's one of the one of the things they got going on there in Santa Ana. But no, I'd say yeah, it's a gorgeous campus. You you can't miss it when you when you drive by. And like you said, probably hard hard to find a place that's pumped out a better roster of quarterbacks over the last two decades. Right when you you know Leinert, uh, Leinert, uh, uh, Barkley. Mm-hmm. Bryce Bryce Young got it got into that mix. I mean, that's a that, that's just what crazy what what they've been able to do. Um, 
Auburn, let's see who else uh, was in there. There were some guys who weren't able to make it a big cat that you need to keep an eye on. Um, let's see. Uh, Bradley Shaw is a big linebacker from Hoover. It looks like Auburn wants to take one more linebacker in this class to add on. Uh, Keldrick Falk's little brother, Ja'Caleb Falk, another Highland Home product. Uh, he's a 25 kid. Uh, he's one to keep an eye on uh, as well as Auburn there, tries to get a jump there? on that on that crew. There are a couple of guys who have family links to this Auburn team, right? I think I, I don't know if KJ this is necessarily Br- KJ Britt's little b- brother. Uh, I think he might be a twenty-six kid. He's either twenty-five or twenty-six kid. Uh, he was uh, he like, around. Zachavius Walker. Zachavius Walker's little brother is a guy people are very excited about. Yeah, uh, that would be uh, Jalewis Solomon, uh, who was at Big Cat. Uh, sounds like it's down between Auburn and South Carolina for him. Um, He's got a big DB class already for Auburn, another another four-star corner uh, to keep an eye on. So you got that. Uh, one of the other big names that have not – was not – On one note on Zykevius' little brother, I, I heard some some recruiting folks, that that's a guy who there, – there could be a difference between where he's rated now mm-hmm. and, and where he's rated a few months from now. He sounds like he's on the uh, – on the upswing, yeah. and so yeah, that that'd be a really nice pickup for Auburn, and and maybe he gets to play with his brother, maybe not, but it's uh like it, it would be a that that's a that would be a, would be a great addition. Yeah, it would be an absolutely fantastic addition. Uh, one of the guys who wasn't there for Big Cat this weekend was Camarian Franklin, uh, the five-star defensive lineman from Mississippi. He is set to visit Auburn uh, Georgia weekend. His, his OV is supposed to be Georgia weekend. I believe K.J. Bolden is going to be visiting or down to visit as well. Obviously, he will have made a commitment before then, but Franklin, probably the other biggest like five-star guy that Auburn's in the running for. Wasn't at Big Cat, uh, but uh, somebody who's already going to be checking out Auburn uh, later this uh, later this summer, I believe. Um, he had some other ones. Miami's been in the hunt for him as well. I suspect that will be a big weekend for official visits for Auburn because of where it is on the schedule and and who who would represent you who you're playing against and you don't want official visits coming too late because guys may have already decided by then uh but earlier yeah if you if you can get I I suspect Auburn will have a ton of uh of recruits on campus for the Georgia game yeah so keep an eye on KJ Bolden keep an eye on DeAndre that's Saturday DeAndre Carter uh Solomon's another one we mentioned Auburn could be getting in a little bit of a run right here in recruiting uh, and again, like we said, we had talked about, hey, maybe a wait and see, you know, a little bit slower stretch right now. Mm, the the way that recruiting goes, and it's getting earlier and earlier for guys who want to go ahead and make their decisions. Uh, you got to make that move now, and Auburn has. Here's an interesting stat from from this as we get closer to kind of wrapping it up here. Um, Auburn number seventeen in the country. This is the composite number 17 in the country in their class 14 commitments that's two five stars 10 four stars and two three stars average recruit rate ranking of 91.85 on 247 so even though auburn is number 17 which is really good class right now that's only at 14 commitments alabama also has just 14 commitments everybody else in the top 20 has over has 15 or more has has over 15 actually sorry uh, 16 or more I should say. Auburn's average recruit rating of 91.85 right now is the fifth highest in the country. The only one's bigger than them at the moment. Georgia, Ohio State, as we would probably expect. Um, Alabama and USC. That's it. So right now, Auburn's class does not have 
a ton of quality, uh, quantity. But, man, that quality is there. If they round out this class, and obviously we just said K.J. Bolden, um, you've got an opportunity to get some other guys, Franklin, a lot of these high four-stars, DeAndre Carter. They have – I mean, this is getting close to – if they just get the numbers, right, to, to, to get into the – you know, get around the 20s and stuff like that. This is a top ten class. Like they are in a, they're in a good, they're in the driver's seat to get a top ten class this year, and to do that, to kickstart what needed to be done on the recruiting trail, to to get this rebuild really rolling, and put Auburn in a position where in a couple of years they can be really good contenders. I mean, that's it's it's better than I expected off the bat. I knew Hugh Freeze and this staff. Part of the reason why Auburn made the hire of Hugh Freeze, one of the reasons behind it was they knew he knew the SEC recruiting landscape and he knew that I mean they knew he would be able to be an immediate impact. I don't know if people thought flipping Georgia and Alabama five stars this early was in that was part of that. But the fact that it is shows you that like in this aspect right now, you've done as well as before Auburn plays a single game this year, you've done as well as you possibly could have expected in terms of uh, your recruiting. And something that's really helping Hugh Freeze is the fact that they got rid of the twenty-five oh, man, man absolutely on on signing period. So because so they're going to need now, transfers again, I, especially the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I think they're going to need to fill out fill out transfers here the, the, this next class. I think it'll be another and, good and size it, transfer class. And if Hugh Freeze had to somehow balance the transfers he takes with a certain number of high school students, I think it would be a really difficult challenge for anyone trying to reassemble a roster. So instead, all he has to worry about is the 85. I will. I expect, based on the folks I talk to, Auburn's probably going to sign 23, 25 high schoolers. Like, that's the goal. And with if the current commitments hold and they – you know they they continue to recruit like this. Yeah, I think it could I think it could blow people away as far as what Hugh Freeze does in his first full recruiting class as Auburn's head coach. I think top ten is definitely in the in in range, and it's not going to be easy. I mean, some of these other schools have got to get great prospects as well, and they've got they've got room. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Clemson's got 17, Tennessee's got 18, A and M's got 18. These are top ten classes that aren't in the 20s yet. But Auburn's got room to grow, and you think a KJ Bolt, you you land a KJ Bolden, and you're, I mean that that'd be three five stars. The only other teams with with three five stars in the country right now are Georgia and Ohio State. That's it. Period. The only teams with multiple five stars committed right now are Auburn, Alabama, Clemson, Florida State, Florida, Ohio State, and Georgia. And, and that's the range the you would be at. The states of Alabama and Georgia have such unusually high levels of talent this year and next year. I think Alabama's class this year is considered one of the best in recent and years. And last year was awesome as well. I think last I think it's I think well. it's starting to become the new normal where where Alabama's producing several five stars a year. Georgia sure. that's not a surprise. Everybody's moving to Georgia. Everybody's wanting to go coach in Georgia. Everybody's transferring to Georgia. Like that's that has become that has become I would take Georgia especially when you when you take it in terms of like per capita Louisiana always wins that that battle, but like Georgia can swing with California, Texas, and Florida in terms of their what they're producing on the recruiting trail, and and it's, it helps and that it Auburn's plays, twenty minutes away, and and it plays a large role in what we've seen from Kirby Smart mm-hmm. over these over these last couple of seasons and why Georgia's been 
as unstoppable as they've been on the field in college football. There are 19 consensus five star, or sorry, consensus four stars, composite four stars, I should say, uh, in the state of Alabama for the class of 2024. Auburn now has seven of them. I mean, that's what you need. And then you've got other guys like uh, Malik Blockton and and, uh, and Bryce Kane uh, and uh, uh, D'Angelo Bar. Like, there, there are others. Like, they've got, you know, this is a this is a really good crew. It's a really, really, really good crew that Auburn's got right now. Uh, and they are able to uh, – they're going to be able to um, really take that next step, I think, a lot quicker than people would have expected because, yes – we're about to get to a point where it's going to be all hyper-focused on what's on the field. Fall camp starts this week. You know, we're going to talk real football, what's actually happening, X's and O's, matchups, all that good stuff. But anybody will tell you, you got to win off the field as much as you win on the field. Like, if you want to win off on the field, you got to do you got to do the work right now. And the fact that Auburn is on a heater in recruiting that we have not seen in several years is – a sign that yeah, this this is what this uh, Auburn isn't Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. I mean they don't they don't have that quite that level. But Auburn has proven when it is operating at full capacity, especially on the recruiting trail, they can hang. They can hang with some of the best of the best. And I think this past week has kind of shown what Auburn is what Auburn is capable of. Now, can they cash in on the field and continue to generate more excitement and spin it forward? That remains to be seen. But they're in a really, really good spot to get this into a position where we're talking in 2024, 2025, we're talking about Auburn as a team that can make some real noise in the SEC. All right? Does that work for everyone? We good? Everybody's giving me a thumbs up. All right. So, fall camp starts this week. Uh, We will let you guys know, those of you who are Observer subscribers, we'll let you know kind of what we are planning in terms of the week. We still need to get kind of the schedule with availabilities and whatnot, uh, but we will be working around that. So our next podcast will hopefully our next podcast will be after a practice of some kind, after an availability of some kind, after we Dan and I can get some eyeballs on some things, talk to some folks, and they, they did they did quite a few afternoon practices yes. during the spring window. I have a feeling they're going to go in the morning more, just with the climate. Of late, like it's it's <laughs> so oppressively. I mean, or maybe they'll work inside in the afternoons and and outside in the mornings. But I I have a feeling we're going to get some media availability in the mornings, and that could be uh, yeah, it could be exciting to see what what things look like uh, from the uh, pr- from the moment they take the field. So that'll be our next podcast. Uh, we will have more stuff with the newsletter side throughout the week. And like I said, it's a great time to subscribe to the Observer. I'm going to be honest with you and transparent with you up front. You can subscribe now, and I I would be great. You jump on it. Uh, we will be offering a discount, though, for um, new yearly subscribers later in the week. It's just what we do this time of year. Um, so I don't want everybody to jump on, and then a couple days later we have a discount, and you're like, what the heck? I'm going to tell you. you know, you'll, know when the, you'll know when the sale comes up and everybody have access to it. You won't need a special code or anything like that, a special link. It will be offered to everybody who's a new subscriber. So hop on board then. Be a good time to do so. Um, that will do it. We'll talk to y'all later this week. A lot of stuff. Fall camps here. Get excited. It's going to get real, real busy around the Observer. Appreciate everybody who um, has subscribed, gotten us through this off season. It's been an eventful off season, been a fun off season, 
And uh, now the real work begins, and the real fun begins, and I hope y'all continue to stick around with us. All right, Painter, final thoughts. Dan, the Peck Pack stickers are gaining momentum amongst... I need a logo for that. So that was going to be my question. I want the idea for your sticker is very clear in my mind. I've I've already got it. I've already got it kind of mapped out in my head. Dan, on the other hand, is is a tougher one to. It's a tougher one to try. I don't know, but I I, you know I'm a big uh, big Daft Punk guy. So if you want to take it, uh, you know, an an aesthetic from any of the of the Daft Punk eras, you want to go like vaporwave, you know, Tron, Tron Legacy inspired or. The, the sort of machine elements of human after all, um, you know, and any, anything. Well, you know, like they that, have their, they really have that word the, mark that they use where it's like the, it's like the yeah. scrawled, like uh lowercase peck pack in do, that might work. Yeah. There we go. There Find we go. Something now like we're, that. Now we're cooking. That might be the move. That might be the move. Painter, I'm going to go ahead. I, I, I'm going to float this one out here. See if people like it. I, I my thought for a sticker was we were going to do it. We we're gonna do it like uh, almost like a it was kind of like a presidential or like a campaign um, sticker of some kind, but it would say Painter Sharpless for, and then it says President, mark that out, AD, mark that out, Head Coach, mark that out, and then uh, Employee of the Month is gonna be is gonna be underneath it. So ah, that's, the- that's a shirt. That's a shirt. <laughs> we we can make it if we can make that one work. Uh, we're gonna have campaign stickers all around this great land. For, for painter officially endorsed <laughs> <laughs>